0: Welcome to Word Mission Church International podcast. Now the word with Paul Mensa Wood. God is so good, and it's messy and dear forever. And welcome into God's presence, and join me in welcoming our online audience and our television audience as well. And um, if you're ever in the drive, drive in the Colorado Springs area and within driving distance, please make it a point to stop by and see us. Amen. So um, in this season. We have been looking at Christ's messages to the seven churches in Revelations. And somebody said, I don't like Revelations because I don't understand it. I hope and I pray that now you have a better understanding of the first three chapters of Revelations. Amen. There's some other stuff beyond when you get to chapter four all the way to the end. And I think one of the sessions I gave a summary. But the good thing about Revelations is that when it's all said and done, forget about all the mess happening right now. The church wins. (laughs) I said the church wins. And we end up victorious. So don't, don't let Revelation scare you. It's God meant for us to understand it. And I pray in the name of Jesus that with this understanding, you will walk according to God's word and you will see victory in your life. In Jesus' name. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. All right. So uh, let's, with that, let's go to Revelation chapter 3. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Revelations chapter 3. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Revelations, chapter 3. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Christ's message to the church of Laodicea, verse 14. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, these things says the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot, so then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth, because you say I am rich, have become wealthy and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich in white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, He who was an ear. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Amen. Amen. <laughs> wow. So put up that map again. Um, this the letter this, the, the letter to um, the seven churches is written in the order, for it's like a mail route, and it goes. We talked about the Ephesian church. We went to the different churches: Pergamum, Titara, Sardis. And all this manner, so it's written in that order: Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia. And today we are wrapping up with Laodicea. And so, like with all the others, we we'll give you a background about the city of Laodicea. And most all all the, all the churches, you see that the characteristics of the city was reflected in Christ's message to the churches. So Laodicea was a very, very rich city. They were very, very, very rich from a natural standpoint. And not very far from Laodicea was Colosse. Remember Colossians, Paul wrote a letter to them. And then there was also Hierapolis. Now Laodicea was famous for they had a banking center. They had a textile industry. And then they also had like a medical school. They, had, they were famous for producing a powder which they called Phrygian powder, which was used to heal um, eye issues or eye problems. Now, from, from Colossae, Colossae was like uh, not very far and was close to a mountain, kind of like Colorado Springs. And so one t- at some point, the audacians decided that they needed to have water flowing into their city. And they wanted both cold water and then hot water, kind of like how you have cold and hot water in your home. This was what very uh, an engineering feat, and it had never been done before. So cold water would come from the mountains, from Colosse and flow, they built pipes, into Laodicea. And then warm water or hot water will flow. Um, Colosse was like a, like a tourist town. And then hot water will flow from Hierapolis, which was also close by. They were known for hot springs. that people went there to, to relax. So hot water will flow from Hierapolis into Laodicea. And these people waited and waited and waited and waited and waited for this to co- come about. And when it came, the Laodiceans, the, the cold water that was coming from Colosse had become lukewarm. You see that reference? And then the water also coming from Hierapolis had gone through clay pipes and had become tepid, disgusting. And as soon as these people tasted the water, they spewed it out and it was like, Yuck, what is this? We waited all this time for this water to come about. And here comes cold and hot water together. And we cannot do anything with it. So dispute it out. So with that background, you'll understand who the loudest hands are. Now, Jesus is writing to them and he says these things. Verse 14 says the amen. Normally when we write a letter, when we pray, like when we finish this service, we'll finish with an amen. When we you pray, you, you, you end up we end with an amen. But Jesus starts this letter to them and describing his character, says to them, amen. That means that he is the one that gives us our stability. Our stability is in God. And he, that's, that's how he starts. And he says, the faithful. Thank God Jesus describes himself as faithful and true witness. Now, Laodicea La didn't, did, and when you read this account, unlike some of the other cities that we looked at, they didn't appear to have persecution and, and um, like some of the other places. They appear to be very, very, very comfortable. And Jesus is saying he's the beginning of the creation of God. The beginning. Which John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the same word in John chapter 1 verse 14 the bible says and the word became flesh He was right there in the beginning and the word became You see anything that good that you are going to see in your life has to start with the word of God He is the beginning of Creation. Everything started with the Lord Jesus Christ. The beginning of the creation of God. Your origin. You you, you started. God was the one that created you. Saved or unsaved. You you belong to God. In verse 15 he says, I know your works. And this is repeated to all the seven churches. I know your works. I know your activities. I know what you are involved in. Jesus knows each and every one of us personally. He knows us as a church, and he knows us as individuals. Sometimes it's easy to get to a place where you think that Jesus has forgotten about you, but I can assure you by the word of the living God that Jesus has not forgotten about you. He knows you. He knows your activities. He knows your works. And ultimately, on the last day when each and every one of us stands before Jesus, we'll have to give an account of what we have done with our time, our talent, and our treasure while we were down here. And you see, the word church, let's go. A step, let's, go let's take a step back. The word, the word church is the word ecclesia. And originally, it referred to the governing authority in Athens. They were called out people. They were called out from the, the, the population. And they gathered together and made rules and elected officials and all these things. And you see, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are called, the Bible says that we is called out us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of the Son of His love. You see that in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. We are being called out of the world. He has delivered us from the power, the domain, the authority of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Like for instance, in Acts chapter 7, he talks about this, Acts chapter 7, he talks about the church in the wilderness, Acts seven thirty-eight. Like the children of Israel, they were in captivity in, in Egypt for a very long time, over 400 years they were in captivity. And at one time, as they cried out to God, God sent Moses and he delivered them from Egypt and took them to the promised land. They were called out of Egypt. If you are a child of God, you are being called out of the world and you are being called out for a reason. God has translated you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And as a result, the kingdom of darkness has no dominion over your life. (laughs) Thank you, Lord Jesus. And this, this official in Athens, govern, they were in charge, they were they controlled the area. The church is not just a bunch of people that have come together with nothing to do. No, we God has given us a mandate and we exercise dominion over the area where He has placed us. Amen. Called us out of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of Islam. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness or the remission of sins. That ecclesia in Athens had somebody presiding over them, kind of like the oh look to call the pastor and, and speaking to them. So they borrowed that term from there. But anyway, let's go a step further. He says, I know your works. God knows each and every one of us. And that's why while we were down here, down here. We have to ensure that we yield our life completely to the Lord. Every time I turn around, not literally, um, but every time I turn, the next next thing I write, another birthday has come. So I stop turning around. (laughs) (laughs) But the time goes by very quickly. Like the kids will start one academic year, the next year, the academic year has ended. So, we have to maximize that's why I've decided to give my life to the Lord to help others, to minister to others, to be a blessing to others. And you make that decision as well that while you are here, your life is yielded completely. To the Lord, I know your works. Verse fifteen, let's continue. He says that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So to these people, it meant something. He says you are not. You are not as cold as the refreshing waters that's flowing from the mountains that flows from the mountains through Colossi to your place. And you're also not hot. You don't have that healing quality. You don't have that, that 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 healing quality, that other quality about you anymore. And we talk about this. It's one thing to start the race with God. It's another thing to maintain consistency with God. So Jesus says to this because you are neither cold nor hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of your mouth. The same thing you did when those waters came to you. I pray Jesus doesn't describe you that way. That's a terrible thing. He says, I'd find you disgusting. (laughs) Not refreshing anymore. So I'm going to spill you out of my mouth. Doesn't mean that they stop being his children. Remember, this letter is not written to an individual. It's writing to the whole church. And how did they get into this state? He says, Because you say, I am rich. You say, I am rich. That, whether in, 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 the, in the Greek, has, is like, it's capitalized. What they were saying, that we are the richest of all. We talked about Sardis. But this was saying, they, they, they were rich. And not only were they rich, they had an arrogance about it. One time, their city was destroyed by an earthquake, and Rome offered to help them rebuild, and they say, What, well, Rome, you help us rebuild? We are allowed to We don't need you to rebuild. We don't need anything from you. <laughs> we rebuild it ourselves. So you see, Jesus is saying to them, he says, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. Again, it means something to these people. They had gone into the plague, and that's, and it's easy to fall into that condition. They were rich from a natural standpoint, but spiritually very bankrupt. They had become callous to the needs of others around them. And not only that, they had got into the place where they were very proud. And the pride was the problem. We need money down here. Yes. How many of you have realized that? <laughs> <laughs> we, when you go to the gas station you realize that you need money yeah. or the grocery store <laughs> we need money down here so god is not against you having money that's not the issue god, god is not against you having money in fact when you have money it's an opportunity for you to show God that He is first in your life. <laughs> when you give of your tithes and offering, what you are saying to God that Lord, on every I mean, out of every dollar out of the ten, it belongs to you. Lord, you are first in my life. Amen. And when you do that, the blessing is released on the 90%. It's an opportunity. To show to God that he is first in your life. And then, it's also an opportunity for us to give to missions. For world evangelization. For the gospel of God. To go forth into other nations. We as a church, locally, we put the word of God on television. Sometimes we get letters from some far places. In Colorado said I've been watching and thank you so much God bless you God bless. I don't even know that you've not met them before but you have been a blessing to all look we are spending thousands of dollars to go into Malawi Uganda why because we want people to hear about Jesus it takes money to get there so it's an opportunity when we have money to be a blessing to others so it's, it's not bad to have money so long as money doesn't have you <laughs> you look at the money and you say hey money you work for me I'm the boss <laughs> one time a preacher's wife said uh, the preacher said well you said, you said let, money, I mean, let money work for you so I went into the store uh, into, the, into the, the, the mall and made the money work <laughs> <laughs> he said, no, no, that's not what I was talking about. <laughs> God is not against you. We want everybody to be blessed. You have a good car to drive, a home to, to stay in, paid off by God's grace. That's our desire for everyone, each and every one of us, for you to be a blessing. God is not against you having money don't have a biased attitude about it the bible says it's actually part of your redemptive what god has made available to you for the bible says in second corinthians chapter 8 verse 9 he says that for you know the grace of our lord jesus christ that though he was rich yet for your sakes he became poor that you through his poverty might become rich rich is a bible word it's not it's not a bad word that you through his poverty might become rich on the cross. Your poverty was laid upon Jesus Christ. <laughs> and he's writing to, this, to these people, and these Macedonians, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 8 verse 2, he says that in the trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much agency that we will receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. Begging us. They were taking an offering for people that had been impacted by famine in another place. And these people in their deep poverty said, please let us be a part of this. That's the joy you're giving. He was made poor. That you might be made rich. I've been down there before and I've been on the other side. I like the other side better. (laughs) I'd rather be the one being a blessing to others and giving to the poor. And thank God, by God's grace, I'm in a position that I can do that. But it wasn't always like that. But you have to start for somewhere like these Macedonians. They were very in their deep poverty. You see, generosity doesn't start with how much you have. It starts with your heart. <laughs> it starts with your heart. In their deep poverty, they were begging the apostle Paul that, please, we want to be a part of this. Thank God we have a generous group of people. May you have that heart of liberality. They receive power beyond themselves. Receive that power today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, you have to test through in that head. Don't, don't be afraid of that word rich. God wants you to have enough to be a blessing to others, to be the pipe that He flows through to be a blessing to others. You will be like that in Jesus' name. Amen. You will be like that in Jesus' name. Amen. So it says that these people says that look because verse 17 revelation 3 says because you see i am rich have become wealthy and have need of nothing they were rich from a natu- natural standpoint but spiritually they had neglected their spiritual needs and the true needs of man are spiritual in fact the most of uh, the problems that you have spiritual and the solutions to those problems will start in your spirit I'll say it again you see you are a spirit being you see everybody is going to live forever saved or unsaved it just depends on where some people are going to be and where others are going to be depending on the decision that you make today with regards to Jesus Thank you, Lord Jesus. (laughs) So, these people, you see, children, all of us have a spiritual need. And you see, the Bible says that God has set eternity in our hearts. And the eternity that he set in our hearts, so many times we try to fill it with different things. But there is a void, an aching void in each and every one of us. And that void will not be filled till you meet the Lord Jesus Christ. (laughs) And you can try to fill it with different things, but that will not do. It is only when you make a decision to fill it. With Jesus, with God Himself, that's when you arrive. All of us. That's why people get. You can try to fill with alcohol, it won't do it. You can try to fill with, with, with drugs, it won't do it. You can try to fill with, with, with women, it won't do it. You can try to fill it with men, it won't do it. You can try to fill it with anything, it will not do it. <laughs> God has set eternity in our hearts. All of us. We are spirit beings. We are created in the image and the likeness of God. I pray in the name of Jesus like this saying, they say, and they were ignorant of their spiritual condition and Jesus comes lovingly to try to resolve it to try to get them to the place where they can self-correct and get on the right track and usually jesus will do the same for us he will come to us and try his very best to get us on the right track and i pray in the name of jesus anytime jesus Comes to us to try to correct us I pray in the name of Jesus that we yield to him in Jesus mighty name I pray we yield to him in Jesus mighty name thank you Lord Jesus glory be to the name of the Lord so let's go a step further what does Jesus have to say about these people he says to them because Thou says, verse 17, they alleged that I'm rich, the richest of all, increased with goods and have need of nothing. Then he says to them, And you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. They had a reputation of a textile industry and their nakedness, from a spiritual standpoint, he said they were naked. They had this Phrygian powder for the healing of their eyes, and the, the Jesus calls them blind. They cannot see, spirit. they cannot see. They had a reputation that they were richest of all, but spiritually they were bankrupt. Hmm. hmm. And you see, I pray in the name of Jesus that we will analyze our lives and realize where we are spiritually. Every now and then, it's good to do an analysis. These people had gotten into the routine of life, the routines of doing things. And some way, somehow, they have let things slip spiritually and they have ended up in this state. And Jesus comes to them and tries to address the situation. But I pray even as we have crossed into the next half of this year, let each one of us, like he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, he says, examine yourself. Do an examination. And don't fail this test. I pray you will not fail this test. He says, examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. Why am I in my walk with the Lord? Test yourself. Oh my God. He is not, Ephesians 5.27, he says that he might present, Ephesians 5.27, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. That is the kind of church that Jesus is coming for. And thank God in every generation, there are people like me, there are people like you. I said no matter what is going on around, we are for God. We are on God's side. We'll keep testifying about Jesus. We'll keep being joyful about Jesus. We'll keep standing with Jesus. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. He's coming for a glorious church. And you are part of that church in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's go a step further here. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This letter is so rich. It's a blessing. And he says now, verse 18, now he's trying to get them on the right track. Jesus will always tell you the problem and then he will give you the medication to solve the problem. It's not like a doctor who will tell you the issue and say, no, we cannot. Do, I can't do anything about this. He will tell you what the issue is and then he will get you on the right track. So what does he say to these people? He says to them, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see now in Laodicea one of the things that they had was they had like about four thousand 4, five hundred shops like kiosk another part of the world when you go you can see kiosk each one has a designated one Then you move from here and you move to They had about four thousand five hundred of those in Laodicea. It's the Agora, the marketplace. So you're saying that look, even though you have all these shops in the town, they won't help, they cannot help you. Come to me and buy from me, Jesus. Gold refined in the fire. Come and get from me. You see, fire can can be fire can be beneficial, or it can be destructive. Fire, number one, fire can burn rubbish. Fire was required, or sometimes we use it for purification. Sometimes it empowers angels. So Jesus is saying, "You come to me." You've been trying to solve this situation on your own from a natural standpoint. And how many times we've tried, sometimes marital issues, financial issues, issues with our jobs. I mean, different things. We try to solve it from our own standpoint, from a natural standpoint. And you say, okay, you, Jesus, stay here. I will try to fix this one myself. <laughs> I, I got this. And the whole time, he's saying, come to me. Come to me. Come to me. I have the solution to the problem that you have. Just come. It's an open invitation. Come to me. Buy for me. Go. Refine in the fire that you may be rich. And white garments stands for purity and a righteous acts That you may be clothed. I want to cover your nakedness. And anoint your eyes with eye salve. Your textile industry is not helping you. The riches that you have from a natural standpoint is not helping you. Your Phrygian powder is not helping your spiritual blindness. Come to me and get an anointing. Oh, thank God for Jesus and his anointing. Sometimes God has to open your eyes to see that this is the area that is the issue. This is where the the, the, the door has been opened. We're talking about sadness. Where the enemy has crept in. God will open your eyes so you can shut and close that door. But he says, come to me. I like Jesus. Oh, my God. I have the solution. Come to me. And anoint your eyes with eyes salve that you may see. That you may see things the way they ought to be seen. That you may see things from a spiritual standpoint. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. As many as I love, I correct. That word rebuke there really, it, and, and it, it's the idea is I educate. I help them. So come to me. I love you so much. Oh my God, I pray in the name of Jesus, may you have a revelation of the love of God. May you have a revelation of the love that Jesus has for you. He knows your ups, he knows your downs. I love you, I correct you so that I can get you on the right track. I have everything you need to come out of this situation. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Have a change of attitude. Change. And get in the right direction. And in verse 20, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Now, again, we like to use this when we make altar calls. I stand at, Jesus is standing at the door of your heart and knock. Open the door. Let him come in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) When I was in our high school, I'll just tell you this, we used to have, um, and if, if you see, some some parts of the world, America, we are blessed, but some parts of the world we can do things differently. Sometimes, I will get up in the morning. We'll get up in the morning. We used to do that even in college. Oh my God! People will come up with microphones. I didn't use microphones then, but I'll use my natural voice. I say, "Good morning, 5 a.m." <laughs> Jesus is calling you. <laughs> He's standing at the door of your heart and knocking. Will you open to him? And some people did, (laughs) to the glory of God. (laughs) Paul said, by all means, save some. (laughs) Any any way possible. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) but but here, we use that verse sometimes, but here he's really talking to the whole church. And literally what he's saying is that he's standing at the door of the church and knocking, he's on the outside looking in. Here is a church that belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ, and he doesn't have access into the church. And he's other knocking. Please. Knock, 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 knock. Can you let me into the church, please? One time, a uh, minister was talking to an, another person, and he said, Oh, you're asking me, where do you go to church and all that? And now he says, um, and are you a child of God? And he said, Oh, I go here, here, here. And, and then he says, um, and then the other person responded and said, I don't know if Jesus is in our church. That's the other person's response. Thank God Jesus is in this church. I said, thank God Jesus is in this church. I said, thank God Jesus is in this church. And he's allowed and free to move in our midst. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So Jesus is on the outside looking in. Not allowed into his own church. And the idea is he's been standing there for a very long time and knocking. But thank God, he goes on to say, if anyone hears my voice. That means anybody can hear his voice. And opens the door. That means that he doesn't have access till you open the door. Into your life. And then he goes on and makes uh, says, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. Now in the east, similar to us, they would have like a light light breakfast. Something very light. Some people have coffee and donuts. Some uh, here, and they should have something similar. Then in the afternoon, maybe they're in a hurry, they're in a rush, they'll have a cold lunch and or something to go. But dinner time is where they sit and have family time. A time of intimate, a time of intimate family time and relationship. So Jesus is saying to you that look, I don't want to be on the outside. Oh, how desperate that cry is. I want you, and it's a covenant time. They had sometimes have covenant meal. I want to come into your life to have a very close relationship. I want to walk with you very closely to sup with you and you with me. That means you bring something to the table. I have something I have that I also want to offer you. But let's come to the table. Oh my, I sense his presence right now. I will come in. If anyone hears my voice. Thank God Jesus is here. But you as, a, as an individual, do you have a relationship with him? Or has your relationship become stale? Like these ladders they're cold. No, he says, be one of them. Have that refreshing, cold, refreshing, refreshing that you have. Or That healing property that you have, but do not be lukewarm. That's unacceptable. Do you have that relationship with Jesus? Daily, daily, he wants to walk. Oh, how how he desires so closely to you have no idea. In fact, that was one of the reasons why he sent Jesus. Don't 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 forget, you see, don't forget the reason for redemption. He writes to this to these Corinthians, thank you, Lord Jesus. He says to them, First Corinthians 1 9. God is faithful. Somebody say God is faithful. Somebody say God is faithful. He says, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. That word fellowship is koinonia. Deep fellowship. Deep, intimate, close relationship. That was, you see, this is the reason. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. That's the reason why he sent Jesus. So you can have a close walk with the Lord. And not only that, have a close relationship with the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 14, he says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion, that's that same word fellowship that was used there again in, in 1 Corinthians one 9. Of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Talk to him. You wake up in the morning and you talk to him. You're driving in your car, you talk to him. You're driving back, you talk to him. You—that's why it's called walking with the Lord. And then in the evening, you talk to him before you sleep. Lord, thank you so much for the, today. You wake up, you thank you, thank you, Lord. I'm alive today. I'm counted among the living. You end the day with him. You start is that he calls himself the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. You were called into close communion with the Lord. Don't let that relationship get stale at any point. It means all the world to you. Do you have that vibrant relationship with the Lord? Or is it all in the past? But that's why we are going through this. In the name of Jesus, from this morning, your relationship with Jesus will go to another level. Your relationship with the Holy Spirit will go to another level. But it needs to be developed. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory be to the name of the Lord. I will come in and have a covenant meal with him. And then 21, he says to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. As I also overcame and sat down with my father, on his throne. That means that that overcoming is a possibility. Whatever you are faced with, there's a possibility for you to overcome. Whatever you are going through, overcoming is a possibility. And the way it's described here, literally, it means to have a lifestyle of overcoming. Something comes up, you overcome. Another thing comes up, you overcome. You keep overcoming from now till Jesus Christ comes or till you leave this earth. That will be your testimony in Jesus' name. And he says that the person that overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. As I also overcame. You see, Jesus has been here before. I said Jesus has been here before. I said Jesus has been here before. before." In Hebrews, he describes him as he was tempted in all points, like us, yet without sin. The temptation. He says the same thing. (laughs) He's been here before. He knows knows you and you want, oh my God, oh my God, I pray you will get this. He wants to have fellowship with you. He wants to help you. To sup with you, drink out of the same cup. Fellowship means to drink out of the same cup. Close relationship. Somebody say thank God for Jesus. He will grant to sit, but to sit in that throne, he says it's for overcomers. Oh my God, where did the time go? Thank you, Lord Jesus. I got so happy. (laughs) Jesus said to his disciples, he says that, in Luke chapter 2, verse 26, it says that, But not so among you. On the contrary, he who is greatest among you, let him be as a younger, and he who governs as he who serves. For he who is greater is he who sits at the table, or he who serves. This is not he who sits at the table, yet I am among you as the one who serves. Verse 28, Luke twenty-two, twenty-eight. 28. But you are those who have continued with me in my trials. And I bestow upon you a kingdom. Just as my father bestowed one upon me, you have continued. That's the key to this Christian life. Continuity. Consistency. You have continued with me, and so I'm going to give you a kingdom. I've said this before. I'll say it again. In heaven, the ranking won't be the same. No, 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 no. (laughs) Those who have labored for God, those who have laid down their lives for God, one way or the other, rewards will be handed out. Salvation is free. Reward is not free. Everybody will re- be rewarded according to his works. You have continued with me, so I give you a kingdom. I give you a throne. Oh, my God. I'll see you. Sometimes one time somebody went to heaven, and then they saw people sitting on thrones. And as they got closer to the people that were sitting closer to the throne of God, there were ranks so some of the people that were closest some of them nobody even knew them some were missionaries some were praying mothers some were some were different classes of people one way or the other they had laid down their lives for the lord greater love has no man than to lay down his life for others I'll see you in heaven. I'll come and give you a high five on your throne. <laughs> I'll say, well done. You made it. Amen. <laughs> you serve the Lord. Yes. In his house, and not only in his house, you were a witness to other people. Through you, other people came to the Lord Jesus. To him that overcomes. In the name of Jesus, thanks be to God that gives us the victory. Victory is yours. You will overcome. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. And then he wraps up by saying. And he says this to all the churches. Verse 22. He who has an ear. Let him hear what the spirit says to the church. That means that some people don't have an ear to hear. But some people also have an ear to hear. Well God is saying to us in these last days. I'm looking for a people that are so all out for me that go all out for me are you one of them jesus gives you the, the solution to help you i pray like this of Saints, will not be callous to the needs of others you not be callous to your spiritual needs But instead, your eyes will be open and will have that refreshing about us. Will not be tepid. Oh, but in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. You see, God has given us everything to make it. I better wrap up because the more I keep going, then something else keeps coming up. (laughs) That's why it's a serious thing. He's giving us Jesus. He's giving us the Holy Spirit. He's giving us the blood. He's giving us the word of God. He's giving us spiritual gifts or manifestations. He's giving us all things that pertain to life. And godliness. There's no reason for failure. (laughs) You will not fail in Jesus' name. You will not fail in Jesus' name. You will not fail in Jesus' name. That's just bonus material. Second Peter 1, 3. As his divine power has given to us all things. How many things? that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. So when we are lukewarm, it's not a good thing. You will not be lukewarm. You will be hot. Have you seen flies trying to settle on fire? No, no, no. They don't try that. (laughs) No, no, no. They stay away. When you are hot for God, demons leave you alone. Amen. Don't bother. This place is too hot. <laughs> we, won't, we, won't go, we won't come near. It's sort of like that story. There's, uh, demons were going around harassing people, and they got to my house. they said, "This house, don't go in here. The last time we went here, we, went in, we tried, attempted what they did to us, So please, you, then they they'll, go move down, they they'll move down the street and go and bother somebody else, but not here. It's too hot. <laughs> You will be hot and on fire for God. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Has these seven churches been a blessing to you? Go back, listen and review. Every message has significance. Even to our time. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. We trust this podcast was a blessing. Subscribe for more messages like these. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, we would love to hear from you. Email us at info at wordmissionchurchinternational.org. We will love to equip you in daily walk, so sign up for devotionals and encouragement at www.wordmissionchurchinternational.org. You may reach us at 719-235-5535.